Faster and you are listening to a milestone episode of Dimed Out. I mean, it's fair to say. Is it fair to say? Is it is it right to call this a milestone? I mean, it is double digits. We are in double digits now. We've hit one zero. We're out of the single numbers. So yeah, yeah. I think it's safe to say this is a milestone. Sure. I mean, ten episodes. Ten episodes, ten weeks, ten very not normal whatsoever weeks, ten very strange what the hell is happening weeks. Unless, of course, this is the new normal. Is it? I don't know, do you? Does anybody? God, I really hope it isn't. Regardless, for me, and I can only speak for me, but for me, these past ten weeks, these ten episodes, or nine episodes as it were, because this is obviously ten, but these last nine, ten Wait, now I'm getting myself confused. This little journey that we've been on, it has taught me a whole bunch of stuff about a whole variety of topics. Different topics, different ways of being, of thinking, different ways of life, aspects of history, science, just general human beingism and living. Yeah, because that makes absolute total sense. Sure, why not? At this point, just why not? is the question we should all be asking. Seriously, why not? If you are jumping into the show at this point, the 9 slash 10 slash whatever point we're at, and you're wanting to know what the show has consisted of, well, we've talked about, as I said, a whole range of things, from documentaries, to cinema, art house cinema, to visiting Japan, to living in Europe, to living in a school bus that's being converted, to fruitinarianism. Is that how I say it? Is that fruit? Fruitarianism. That's the one. What else have you been talking about? That is a great question and I'm so pleased you asked. So, we've been talking about, in no particular order, the power of language, suppressed and hidden dreams, wicker rituals, relaxing video games, pole dancing, fitness, the Black Lives Matter movement, racial divide. And we in fact did a whole episode to black inventors and innovators throughout history. So if you like history, science, tech or medicine stuff, Yeah, you definitely want to check that one out, because it is great. Even if I say so myself. Which I do. So yeah, in ten episodes, or nine, as we sort of clarified earlier, we have covered so much ground. And the amazing thing is, this is just the beginning. We have got so many more different, various topics to dive into. So many new things to learn. So many great conversations to have. So if you're not on board already, what are you waiting for? Go and subscribe via whatever platform you get your podcasts from. And if you've been enjoying the nine episodes, then why not give us a rating? Because it all helps. And we can all move on together. Like Megazord. That's right. I am the Triceratops. I am Billy's Triceratops. You can be Jason's Tyrannosaur if you want. Always got to be the T-Rex, don't you? And we'll form together, we'll click together, we'll become the walking, talking, monster-destroying, Rita Repulsor-crushing Megazord that we always knew and dreamed we could be. And on that note, let's get into this week's episode. Let's get into episode 10, our milestone episode, our mini-milestone episode, whatever you want to call it. It's a special one because it's me sitting down to talk to my mum. That's right, the woman who has been my mother for as long as I can remember... It's me, and it's her, and I'm asking her some big, universal questions, courtesy of Big Talk, which we'll get into in a little bit. Before we get into it, probably I need to preface by saying that the audio from my end is not exactly pristine. Uh, I have cleaned it up as much as possible, but the reason it sounds a little bit reverby and echoey and a little bit muffled at points is because normally I would record at the front of the house, but there was a ton of construction work going on, and it was just impossible to record without that bleeding through, so I had to move into our slightly more acoustically challenging dining room, 
And uh, yeah, it doesn't sound great, but uh, I have cleaned it up as best I can. So I'm just putting that out there before we get into it. Hopefully it doesn't mar your enjoyment of the episode. I, as always, had a wonderful time talking to my mum. And uh, hopefully you guys will enjoy this too. So here it is me sitting down to talk to my mum about a bunch of weird random stories to begin with. And then we're going to move into some pretty deep and personal questions. So, um, you've been my mum for about 30-something years now. How has that been for you so far? How have you found it? Fabulous. Fabulous. Oh, wow. I wasn't no expecting regret. that. Well, no, no, I've never heard a day regret having you. No. You've been a pleasure. Oh, for all of that time? Yep. You've never been any bother. You've never brought trouble to my door. You've been a really good lad, and you've turned into a really nice man. Oh, that's very nice. Yeah. It's true. There must have been some times uh, at points where I've frustrated you or annoyed you or had you concerned or worried you. Um, You've had your moments, but not (laughs) unduly. I can't honestly... A finger on anything and say, oh, you did that was terrible. I can't honestly say that. You've never been any trouble. No, well, I've, I've tried not to be. You know, I've tried my best not to. <laughs> well, the thing is, you're my friend as well. Yeah. And it's very, um, very rare that mm-hmm. that happens. You know, there's definitely been a bond, and you're my friend as well as my son. Yeah. My son's first, first and foremost. But you're my friend as well. I was going to say, because the thing is, it's it's not that it's one or the other. Because, you know, you do come across some relationships where parents are more like friends than parents um, in some instances. And you get some relationships where parents are just parents and don't have that sort of kinship with the children. And the yeah. two can be, in some instances, mutually exclusive. But I think, you know, we've we've always had a good sort of hand-in-hand relationship between the two. But like you say, you've always been my mum first. But, yeah, you've been my friend as well. The only, the only thing is you, 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 you complained about the dentist. <laughs> that's your one big regret after 35 years, is that I complained well, about... Well, it's not a regret, but that is, that's the thing that sticks out <laughs> so in my it's mind. It's the one gripe. Yeah, you used to kick off big time. I'm not going. I don't know why I have to go. <laughs> I don't need anything done. But I, if I remember rightly, I could be like that about just things in general that I didn't want to do. Like, I, for the most part, I think I've been pretty good. Um, yeah. But I think there have been times when there's been something that I didn't want to do. I could be a bit of a pain in the ass and I could make a fuss. Not on Julie. I wouldn't say on Julie. No. No. Right. It's been, been really easy, you know. Maybe that's um, just me being harsh on myself, which is something I do have a tendency to do. Yeah, you do, you do, you do um, knock yourself all the time when I've told you time and time again. I don't know why, mm-hmm. you know. Um, you just have to beat yourself up all the time and I can't understand it because... Well, neither, neither do I, to be honest. I wish I did, because then maybe I'd be able to stop doing it the whole time. I think, you, I, to be honest, I'm very proud of you. You've got real good values mm-hmm. and I'm very proud that you've turned out like that oh. couldn't wish for anything better well you know you've got a big part in that you know you've played a big part in how that's turned out yeah being firm but fair yeah and, and that's a phrase that I, I've heard throughout my life and I mm. think it's because it's true you know I do think yeah. that has been uh, your parenting style you've always been very straightforward but not in in a blunt fashion you know you've been honest but you've 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 also delivered that that honesty with a sense of compassion, you know. And I've, I've always understood why. Maybe yeah. it hasn't been until I've got a little bit older and fully appreciate that, which is the case in a lot of ways. But yeah, you've always been straightforward with me. As yeah, and I don't I don't have any regrets with you, none at all. I've said that to your face many a time, and I'll tell anybody. You know, anybody who says you know. I said, he's never been any bother. 
even when uh, even when I kick that brick out the wall at the corner of the, the street. I didn't know you did that. Yeah, sure you did. No, I didn't. Yeah, it was Annie that used to live at the at, well, presumably still does live at the, at the end of the street, yeah. right? And and his I can't remember his wife's name for the life of me now. I think it began with an M, but I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, accident. Well. Accidentally, she'd been a bit of a toe rag and just so kicking a loose brick out of the wall, and then it, it came out. The wall stayed intact, but it's just Ernie came out. No, it wasn't so much Ernie that was bothered by it, it was his wife who, who was kind of a bit of a no nonsense woman. Did you tell your off? Which, yeah, do you not remember this? No, yeah, she came and told us off, and I think she may have come to see you, but I'm not entirely sure, right. <laughs> I don't remember that, Malcolm. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that happened. My memory's not the best um, for the most part, but I'm pretty sure that was a thing that did actually happen. I do. I think kids have their own little secrets from the parents that they've done something naughty and they're never going to admit to it. Yeah. Maybe that's, um, maybe that's what happened. Maybe she didn't come and speak to you. She just told us off and I just Muriel. didn't want to bring it home. Muriel, there you go. You're terrible, Muriel. Muriel. Um, yeah, but she was very forthright, I remember. And understandably so, because we just kicked a brick out of a wall, you know. <laughs> you bad boy. No. Other than that, I don't really... Well, apart from the pretending to collect for charity around people's houses. You did? Yeah, do you... Oh, you must remember this. I don't remember that. Yeah. Me and David went round pretending we were collecting for charity and it was really for, to buy sweets at Pennington's news agents around the, the corner. Did I catch you? Yeah, you did. And then you, you made me go round and give everybody the money back. Well, do you know something that's like history repeating itself? Because that's what I did as a child. Only I actually did the jobs. I used to do like, it was called Bubba Job Week. Yeah. And I used to go around doing jobs for a bob, but I used to actually do the jobs. So now, just yeah. just explain a bob is a pound, right? No. Or would it have been would it have been a pound back then? A shilling. Well, how much is a shilling? Well, I can't remember now. It, it would have been <laughs> not very much, but I did loads of jobs, and I did it for a week. And your grandma found out, and she made me take take the money and put it in the blind box on Warwick Road outside the health shop. I had to put it all in there. Hang on, you did you did like a, a week's worth of graft, of manual labour. What were you doing, like cleaning windows? Everything. Raking lawns? Yeah, I was sweeping, um, you know, pavements, cleaning windows, doing all sorts of stuff. And she made me take this money because I'd made it under false pretenses and she made me put it in the blind box on Warwick Road outside the health shop. Wow. Yeah. So uh, all your week's worth of graft. Mm. I mean, it's, it's to a good cause. It was for a good cause, yeah. At, at the time, I, I imagine you weren't thinking that. No, I was as mad as a hatter. Yeah. But there you go, but, you know, that was your graft. But at least, at least you did the jobs. Um. You know, at the time I was just pretending that we were collecting for a fundraiser, and it was really just going to go on like packets of dib dabs and like Freddo bars and stuff. That's at, at terrible, welcome. I know. <laughs> um, but yeah, outside of outside of those two instances, uh, I don't think I really was was a bad kid. You were a good kid, and I didn't, like I say, and this is hand of my heart, and I'm not just saying this because you're my son. You were no bother. You used to play away, and you had a hell of an imagination. And these wrestlers, mm. do you know what I mean? And you used to have conversations with them. and do you know? I, I, Yeah, I used to act out just, like, little films inside my head, but with, with like, as you say, wrestling figures, Teenage yeah. Mutant Ninja Turtle figures. Yeah, loved them. Power Ranger figures with the heads that used to flip around. Yeah. They used to morph. Yeah. I recently saw, and do you remember this? I recently saw someone um, post a picture of, of a glow worm 
Remember that old oh yeah yeah nighttime toy, and it was yeah. like in in like glowworm in pajamas. Yeah, I recently saw that, and I recently saw um, what were they called? Uh, it's not scare bears, but it was like like a red bear. It was like a bear with yeah. red fluff and fur, and, and you could flip it. Yeah, and it was like a normal bear in blue pants normally, but then you could flip its paws around, and it had claws, and you could like flip the underside of its mouth, and it had like. Like sharp teeth, yeah. <laughs> I recently saw it there. <laughs> can you remember the big teddy bear that used to sit in your bedroom when you were frightened of it? Oh, God, can I? Yeah, it traumatised me, man. <laughs> that thing. <laughs> a giant, massive bear. It, well, it probably wasn't. That's the thing. It probably wasn't as big as, as I think it was. But to me, at that age, it was like a brown bear had entered the house and had fallen asleep in the chair in the corner and was watching me at night. And it was, it was so, I'm glad you find my trauma so hilarious, mother. Uh, but I would sit in bed and I just wouldn't be able to take my eyes off it. It was just sort of looming in the corner like this, this evil presence. It was purple, wasn't it? I don't know, was it? Yeah, it was purple. Because you, you, you come into my bedroom and you've said to me, can't sleep because that bears. <laughs> but that's what it felt like. It felt like it was just staring at me while I was trying to sleep. I moved it in the end, didn't I? Yeah, you took it out of the room. Whatever happened to it? Did you just get rid of it? Yeah, I think it just went to... To like a charity shop? Yeah, just got another child. I was going to say, another <laughs> child is now having the exact same conversation with their parents. The psychologically damaged another child. It's like a whole, yeah, a whole generation has been damaged by that purple bear. <laughs> we should we should get together and form like a group and we just talk about how it's affected us. So this is a section of the conversation where I ask my mum some pretty big, deep personal, universal questions about life and different aspects of it. Some very introspective questions, and they come courtesy of Big Talk, which is a card game, I think is the way you would probably describe it. It's like a pack of cards with 90 questions in, and the concept was created and developed by a wonderful woman by the name of Kalina Silverman. Highly recommend you check her and the whole Big Talk project out. You can find more at makebigtalk.com. Anyway, without further ado, let's get into the big talk questions that I am asking my mum. Pulling these completely by random, by the way, just straight out of the box. And uh, yeah, this is this is what we got. Hopefully you enjoy even just a smidge as much as I did. You ready? Yeah, yeah. All right, I'm going to go straight from the middle. What is your greatest strength? Positivity. Okay. Positivity and... Um... Kindness. I like I like people, and I like to think the best of people. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. I'm not negative about people. I, I see everybody has a redeeming point. Yeah. So you would say that you would say kind. You would consider kindness to be your greatest strength. Yeah, and positivity. If you if you're faced with a really dire situation. And you think there's no way out. There always is a way out. There's always a positive to everything. Does that? Yeah, no, I find, no, no, there is. You're absolutely right. And I think that is very much something I would attribute to you. Yeah, from my experience of, of living with you and knowing you um, as my mum and as a friend, as we established, I would say, yeah, that, that positivity is definitely a big strength of yours. You know, there's been times when you've been... F- faced with adversity and challenges but you've you've persevered and, and a big part of that is because you've you've managed to find positives in, in what was happening or what could happen i'm a great believer in that you never run away from a situation you face the situation and you work it out mm-hmm. if someone were to ask me that question about you i would say conviction is probably one of your if not your greatest strengths when you are involved with something then you get everything with you. You know what I mean? You don't half-ass anything. 
I've never known you to do anything by half measures. Well, you don't. You never give up because that's to me giving up is a sign of its weakness. Mm-hmm. I don't think I really know what that means. I don't, you know, if however hard it is, I would never run away from anything, and I would never not do it because I would. I, I thought I couldn't do it. I would always have a go. Yeah, and I and I think that to me that is from my perspective that that's your greatest strength. See, I don't see my own strengths. Um, I've had that said to me. I've had that said to me time and time again by people, and I'm a good listener. That's that's one of my strengths. And I think you've inherited that. I hope so. That's something I'm trying to work on more. You know, it's something... Well, no, I, think, I don't think you have to work on it. I don't think you realise you've got it, and I don't think you've ever realised you've got it. But you take your mind back to when you were at university, and how many people come to you with the problems? Uh, far too many, some days. Well, there you go. That's a, that just proves my point, you know, and you undervalue yourself terribly, and I've always said that to you, and I don't know why, because it's not like you haven't been encouraged. No, I know, it, I know. It just comes from you. You're on this, like, um, press a self-destruct button, but you have to stop doing that because you are, you're a good person. Um, I, I like to think I am. No, no, you are a good person. And I always think you you don't know your own strengths. You don't, you know, I don't think you realise. I just don't. No, I think think you're right. I think there's definitely a lot of truth in that. I think I'm getting better at being nicer to myself, uh, being kinder to myself. Um, It's a process that I'm working through. Um, Yeah. One that I've been working through for many many moons now but uh yeah I've, I've still got a lot of it's interesting and it would be interesting to hear robin's take on that on on me undervaluing myself yeah okay well hang on let's address that hold on let's see if she'll come in this question came up what is your greatest strength and somehow it's ended up talking about how i have a tendency to undervalue my own worth and strength i think that the Part of your brain that wants to sabotage yourself from way back when, when you had a low self-esteem, yeah, continues to try to sabotage. You. Okay, did you hear? Did you hear that? Yeah, you put. You've done that from a very early age. I think you're just you're just too awesome for your brain. Your brain. <laughs> <laughs> My mum agrees with that. By the way, not the awesome bit. Although I'm sure she might do. I don't know. But she agrees with what you've said, and she says, I've done that since I was, I was young. Yeah, I do have to agree with that. Not that I'm too awesome for my own brain, because, as you can tell, I just, I am terrible at taking compliments. Just absolutely terrible at it uh, i don't know why i just i just find it really difficult um maybe because it is because i am just utterly self-sabotaging and have been for the longest time yeah that got a little real for me not gonna lie a little bit real and on that topic in the next section there is a question which keeps it very real one of the questions that i asked my mum prompts her to talk about her sister my auntie who when i was 12 years old and this is to give you A little bit of context, by the way, and it's also a little bit of a heads up for anybody that may be sensitive towards this particular subject or who may just not be in the right headspace to listen to something like this at the minute. So when I was 12, my auntie sadly took her own life. And we're going to touch on that in this next section and we're going to touch on the effect that it's had on my mum a little bit. So, yeah, it's not dour, it's not gloomy, it's not sad, it's more reflective in an appreciation for life kind of way but still I wanted to give a little bit of context and I wanted to give a little bit of a heads up for anybody as I said who might just not be in the headspace for this so so yeah that's on its way all right are you ready for another question yes all right let's see what we've got where do you want to go do you want to go from the front the back or the middle Mm, the front you want to go from the front all right let's go from the very front Oh, it's a good one. What life lesson do you wish everyone was taught in school? Treat people the way you like to be treated yourself. Mm -hmm. 
don't treat people any differently to the way you want to be treated. And then maybe be less bullying. Yeah, I think that's a fair assessment. And it's it's pretty much uh, a good standard to behold, you know. Yeah. I was always brought up by your grandma that you treated people the way you expected to be treated yourself. And that's with civility and respect. I wish people were nicer to people and I wish people wouldn't be so quick to judge people and just treat them the way, you know, be civil. There's no need to be nasty or anything else. Just be civil to each other. It, it costs nothing. All right. Front, middle or back? Middle. You want to go middle? All right. Um, describe a turning point in your life. A turning point for me in my life was losing my sister. Mm-hmm. Do you want to talk about this? Um, you don't have to talk about this. Yeah, yeah, no, that's fine. Okay, because, I, I, just, uh, I want to give you that option because I know that this is a very personal thing. No, it is, and it's painful, but I don't mind talking about it because I've okay. come to terms with it now. Okay. The turning point was you can always get more money, but you can't have another life. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And I really, really think life is very valuable. Yeah. And if I could just have five minutes with her now, that would be great. It might be, maybe wouldn't make a bit of difference and she might still have done the same thing. But I actually, well, you know, I've actually felt guilty because I felt I should have done more. I know. And I know part of me, the sensible part of me, knows that I couldn't have because she decided that that's what she was going to do. So, yeah, um, that's, that's you, you know. Life's very precious, and I've learned that. I was going to say, do you think that's really put a, an emphasis on the importance of time and the time that we spend with people? Yes. And yeah. and I think the other, the, the other turning point, there was been a few. Because I've been through quite a traumatic time. When yeah. my grandma was resuscitated, that was another turning point. Um, and when I got through that operation for cancer, that was another one. Yeah. Yeah. Damn and I know that means a lot to you, that it was a big turning point for you, that. Yeah, it was. And and in a similar way, that really put a major emphasis on the importance of time. Yeah. Um, because it's uh, it, it's one of those horrible things and it's somewhat cliched, but it's cliched because it's true. But until you come close to or you actually lose somebody of, yeah. of real value and worth to you, um, yeah. it really kind of it like slaps you awake to how important they actually are to you you know it just gives you a much needed jolt and and really reinforces the idea of, of how important the time you have left just in general but the time that you have left with people that you care about how, how valuable that really is and I think you know from that and just from you as well from from your turning point with Antishina and just from your ethos in general you know as as it's been I would rather have an hour extra with somebody that I genuinely care about than like a thousand pounds in the bank. Yeah. Give me that any day of the week. Yeah. And that's that's shaped my my thing with gifts now as well. Like I don't really care about getting actual physical, tangible gifts to open. I'd rather have moments with people and mm-hmm. that was really reflected the Christmas before I left to come to the States where instead of actually getting me something you, you took me out for the day in Glasgow as a Christmas gift and that's one of the best gifts I've ever had. You can buy whatever you like but it's memories that you make mm-hmm. with people you love mm-hmm. and there's a saying and it's true 
you can give your kids anything material-wise and they won't remember it very often. But the best thing you can give a child is your time and memories. What are you curious about lately? What has got you curious? Like, what are you interested or intrigued in of late? Nothing. <laughs> oh, there must be something. No, there's not. There's nothing that you're curious about or, or interested in, in knowing more about or learning more about. No. Not even with the garden. Not even like techniques for growing stuff or making no, things. That just comes with experience, and I learn it as I go along. So you you just kind of learn by necessity. It's just like well, when you yeah, come into a roadblock, it's like okay, well, how do I get over this? Rather try than... and error. That's how I learn. If you do something right. wrong, you don't do it again. Right. <laughs> if you yeah. kill, if you kill your tomato plants because you've only fed them, you make sure you don't do that again. Right. So no, I'm not, I'm not curious, no. You've no curiosity about anything? No, I just take life as it comes. What about, I don't know, what about something like UFOs? You're not curious about that? You're not curious about, like, other life forms or alternative universes or anything no. like that? No. No. No, because I'm, I'm a big doubting Thomas. I've got right. to see it to believe it. I've got to be able to touch it. Are you, are you not curious that, that you're not curious about what other life forms there may be out there? No, I've never given it a second thought. Never. You've never just thought, never. well, we can't be the only ones here. Why what other possibilities could there be? No, because I don't know I don't know any different. And I've never I, don't, I suppose maybe I haven't got a big enough brain to take that on. I don't know. No, it's not a case of a brain size, it's just a case of like No, I'm not your curious. No, you I'm couldn't care really. less. I, I, like, I like reality. Right, okay, but what if it became reality? What if, like, one day you turn on the TV and on the news you see, like, hovering over Westminster or, or somewhere, because they always go for international landmarks, right? They never go for... It's not like it's going to appear over the Angel of the North. But no. let's just say for this sake it does, all right? Let's just say you turn on the news, you put on local, local news, look around or whatever, and you see there's an alien hovering over the Angel of the North statue, and it's, it's official. We have been visited and contacted by an alien species in some description. How do I know that's true with the media doing it? Unless oh. I can touch it or see it, no, I wouldn't right. believe it. <laughs> so you wouldn't? No. Even if it was on every news station? No. Even if you saw an alien beaming down? To the earth. Well, how do, on the news. how do you know it's not just somebody dressed up? I don't know that. Because they're not going to put that on the news, are they? Yeah, they might. I mean, they're not. <laughs> terrible doubt in Thomas. If I can see it, I can touch it, I can smell it, <laughs> then I believe it. All right, okay. So, what if it became it became closer to reality instead of seeing it on the news, instead of seeing the spaceship hovering over the Angel of the North on board a look around? What if an alien beamed down into your allotment and started pulling tomatoes off your tomato plant and then eating them? It didn't pose a threat. It wasn't being hostile. It wasn't being aggressive. It didn't have a ray gun or anything like that. It was just hungry and it had just appeared in the allotment and was was eating tomatoes off your tomato plant, which you hadn't killed this time. Would you be curious then? Uh, no, as long as I'd be frightened of it. <laughs> what do you mean, no? I'd be frightened of it because it's something I haven't seen before and it could have all the tomatoes, I couldn't care less. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Right, but what if it wasn't, what if it wasn't hostile and you knew it wasn't? You couldn't speak to you in English. It spoke to you in, in whatever alien language it, it did, but you could tell. You just felt that it was no danger. 
And it came back. <laughs> just let it get on with it. Yeah. What we're going to do is say don't eat them. Well, yeah, you might do. But you might also, I know, be curious about where it's come from, why it's in your allotment, why it's eating your tomatoes and not somebody else's. Well, I suppose I'd just do what I normally do. I'd just say, hi, who are you? <laughs> Where'd you come from then? Where do you live? I don't know. I mean, it's a really hypothetical question, isn't it? Being an alien, but I don't think I would be any different. You just let it get on with it. I'd be frightened of it in case it was hostile. But if it wasn't right. hostile, Understandably. then I would just kind of, yeah, just let it get on with it. And if it could have been friendly, that's fine. I'd be friendly back. So, but like, surely if it if it was friendly and it kept coming back and say it had been three or four times, and and it, and it was just hanging out, would you would you not be curious then, as in to finding out why it was coming back, where it was from? Well, yeah, I would I would ask it questions like I would anybody. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's a, but um, that's 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 the only occasion you would be curious about other life forms. Yeah. To me, it's it's never happened. What do you mean it's never happened? It's never happened to me. Oh, right. Is it? Yeah, okay. So it's not happened to you, but do you think it's happened to other people? Do you think... Possibly. Possibly. But I, I wouldn't say yes and I wouldn't say no, because I don't know. Right. Okay, that's fair enough. Y- you know, I mean, everybody to their own thing, that's what I say. All right. All right, it's just me again. Don't worry. I'm here to give you just a little bit more context for a question that is coming up. In one of the questions in the next section, my mum talks about being pregnant with me and how that was a big surprise for her. And understandably, it would be for anybody who had been sterilised six years prior, which is the story with my mum. So without going into too much detail, she had an abusive marriage when she was young and she was frightened that bringing a child into that would subject it to similar abuse, and she got herself sterilised. But somehow, some way, I found a way. And I shouldn't have, but I did. And here I am. So, yeah, that is what that's about, just so you know. You know, again, bit of context for you. Frame of reference, as it were. Okay, here's a good question for you. What do you spend too much time doing? It's clearly not thinking about alien life forms. We've established that. So what is it that you do spend too much time doing? Um... I think, and, and, you know, again, not to put words in your mouth, but from my perspective, and I can't say anything because I do exactly the same, and it may be where I get it from, but I think you spend too much time working on stuff. Yeah. I would agree with you. Yeah. But I, I, I would also say, and my comment to that was, I'm afraid I'm an all or nothing person, and so are you. Yeah, but that's that goes back to what I was saying about your... And it's, this is the thing, it's, a, it's an amazing strength because you do have conviction. Like I said, you don't half-ass anything. If you're going to do something, you do it full tilt. And, and I'm the same. And for the most part, it's a great strength because it gets stuff done. But at the same time, and like I say, I see it very much in me, reflected from you. When you get into something, when you get stuck into a project or an idea or Television. something that you are, yeah, and that's it. It just becomes focused, laser focused, and everything else just gets like faded out. Yeah, I would agree with that. Mm-hmm. I, if I would say that's my worst fault, that mm-hmm. I'm tunnel visioned. Yeah. If I'm on something, I'm on it. Yeah. But like I say, it's it's a great strength, but it can also be uh, a, a bit of a detriment to other things as well. I think if sometimes. somebody lived with me, they'd be bloody pissed off with me. Do you know what I mean? I think, yeah. Sit down, you know, do something else. <laughs> yeah. 
now for me it doesn't matter to me because I can do that because I don't have anybody to consider you know Mm -hmm. I'm not upsetting anybody if I lived with somebody then it would be a different thing Mm -hmm. um but yeah that is a really bad fault tunnel vision or maybe maybe there's another word it's and that's just boring no, it's not boring. It's just, like I said, it's it's a sense of conviction and focus. And it can, as I say, be a great strength. But when that becomes the only thing that you become solely attached to, it can be um, pretty detrimental. Well, yeah, because I've had that said, I've had it said down at the allotment, Ian has said to me numerous times, are you still here? And my answer to that was, yeah, I am. And he says, are you not tired? I said, yeah, I'm tired, but I need to do. I need to finish this because that was my goal for today. Right, yeah. And he says, you're very hard on yourself. Mm-hmm. I says, yeah. Yeah. My worst fault. All right, I'm going to do two more questions for you. Right. All right, you ready? Mm-hmm. What are you most grateful for? You. Oh, don't be silly. I am. I am. Well, you know, you this, you know the situation, you know the circumstances. I do. And I, I never thought I'd have a child, but you know, it's the you're the best thing that I've ever done. No. And and that's what I'm most grateful for, because oh, if mom. I did, if I hadn't had you, then I wouldn't have had the love back. Oh. But you know that 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 is the best thing I've ever done. It was the biggest shock I've ever had. <laughs> yeah. It was the best thing I've ever done. And I never, again, when I was told, it never made me alter my decision. Never mm-hmm. wavered. Because my doctor said to me, what are you going to do? And I said, I'm going to have a baby. So, yeah. You're mm. the best thing I've ever done. No. That's very sweet. And you're the most, you're the best, you're the most, I'm I'm very grateful for you because you've made me, what it's done to me, it's made me a better person. It's made me a better person. And I've learned a lot because you learn how to give somebody you love and to nurture that person. And it's, it's done a lot of things. Do you know what I mean? I do. And well, it, I can guess. It's like I thought I was never going to have that experience. Mm-hmm. But, it, you know, things happen for the reasons. Do you think that, do you think that, um, this is something I've talked about recently to somebody. In fact, I've talked to Gina about this recently, actually, when she was on the show. Um, I was asking her if she believes in things happening for a reason and, and the idea of like kismet and fate and destiny is that something you you believe yes very much so hmm. okay well you're meant to be no i like to think so obviously because yeah. you know otherwise i wouldn't be <laughs> yeah well, you know, you know, I've always, I've always thought of you. I know, I know, parents probably think this about the children. I don't know, but this is what I honestly believe. I've always thought you were very special to me. Mm-hmm. In know? in what way? Just because of the odds of me actually being. Here? Well, yeah, yeah, because uh, the thing is. I I never thought that I would have a child. And, yeah. you know, I'd taken steps to prevent having a child and then suddenly six years later along comes Malcolm. <laughs> it's true, but I've never regretted a day. And that's as God's truth, you know what I mean? I've grown from it. I don't know whether you realise this, but you were a big help when Grandma was dying. That was that that would have been even harder for me. I don't know whether I would have coped. But you were great. Thank you. You were really great. And, you know, I mean, it was a big dread. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really was. It was a big dread, but at the same time, I, I didn't want it to suffer. I wanted it to be quick for her sake. Yeah. 
on a selfish thing, I wanted her to stay, but, you know, you got to put them first. And, you know, I just told her to let go. Well, you were there when I told her that. Yeah. But you were great, and I couldn't have coped without you. Well, likewise. You know, if I had to deal with that on my own, I don't know if I could have. So, you know. And you were great the way you handled it because you used to go and talk to her. Mm-hmm. And you weren't frightened. No, because I knew what was coming. And, you know, to go back to what we were saying, I think... I had uh, a healthy appreciation that, like, we had limited time and it was running out. And I, I wanted yeah, to no, make but the even after she passed, you, you went and talked to us, mm-hmm. and that meant you know you you had you weren't frightened. You, I think that was that gave you a strength. Yeah, in in a weird way, I think it did. I think it's given you the strength that you're not frightened of death. I used to be. I used to be terrified of it. Um, and don't get me wrong, I'm not looking forward to it. I'm not wanting it to come anytime soon. But Oh, no, no, I know that. But what I'm saying is you'd never experienced death, but once you'd experienced it, I think you're much stronger. Mm-hmm. And you're not frightened of it anymore. It's something. It's like everything in life. You have to experience something before you totally understand it. So here's your last question. What is one thing that could happen today to make it even better? That I could get on a plane and come and see you. Ah. But the day will come. It will. It will. That's that's the thing. It's 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 inevitable. It will happen. We don't know when. Um, no. Nobody does. But we know that it will at some point. And yeah. it kind of goes back to you being positive and like. That is something that I've seen throughout this whole pandemic from you in a big fashion is you just being very positive about everything. You know, I'm sure like everybody else, you've had days where it's kind of got to you a little bit and you've wavered, but um, you've been very positive throughout this. You've been very positive for me. You know, when I've had days where it's wavered for me and I felt a bit off kilter, you've helped me kind of find a sense of balance again. Well, I'll just go with the floor, really. Mm-hmm. But I can honestly say I really enjoyed myself. <laughs> <laughs> there was one thing I was a bit scared of, and it was about retiring, I'll be honest. And I thought, how am I going to cope? Because me being me, you know. Yeah. But when it comes, I'll be able to retire, no problem. It's been a good dress rehearsal. You know, you found yourself something that you love doing in the allotment, and you need something that you can occupy your time with. So it's like a case of not worrying that you're going to be bored? No, I won't be bored. I don't. I don't think I'll be bored. No, I'll always find you, something to do. Yeah, that's that's the thing. You've always always have found something to do, so I don't think you would get bored. But, right. Um, well, I'm very sorry if I haven't been a very good candidate tonight, and I've maybe digressed a bit too much, and I'm sorry about that. But maybe you're talking to me. I digress all the time, so it's it's not a problem. But that's a good answer to to a good question to end with, I think. One thing that could make today even better, uh, likewise. Yeah, I very no. much look forward to giving you a hug, because oh. I miss you. I, I'm doing oh. all right without you, don't get me wrong. <laughs> but I do miss you. Oh, well, I miss you. And the thing is, I can't wait to give you both a hug. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But, you know... I'm not coming yet, and I won't be coming for a little while, and you won't be coming for a while till this is kind of blown over, and we know what's what, and I wouldn't want you to. I wouldn't want you to put yourselves in jeopardy any more than no. you would want me to. No. Uh, but I think Skype, this, this thing's helped a lot, and just being able to see you and touching base with you helps a, a lot. Oh, in, in a big, big way. Absolutely. Anyway, I'm going to let you go. And I'm sorry if, I, you know, sorry if I've taken up too much of your time. You have not taken up too much of my time. You can never take up too much of my time because I love you and I've always got time for you.
I do, I flipping love my mum. She's uh, as blunt as a butter knife, but she's just got this incredible heart that is just full of just love. And I have been a, a genuinely proud and grateful recipient of that for 35 years. And uh, yeah, it's made me a better person for it. Not yet too mushy, but it genuinely has. Uh, yeah. Plus, she's like a sage wizard with life advice and stuff, so... Yeah, you know, pretty good guest. I think I might have her back on at some point, I suppose. For those of you that were hoping to hear an episode with me and my mum, I hope it delivered. Even though my audio on my end was, was not great, I hope it was still good. I hope you enjoyed it. If you have never heard me sit down and talk with my mum, that's pretty much in a nutshell, kind of, I guess, what a dynamic is like. I don't know, someone else might have to verify that. But um, yeah, hopefully you've enjoyed it as well, whether it is your first or your second or your multiple times just eavesdropping through the power of the internet on a conversation, on a very public conversation, so I guess it's not eavesdropping. What I'm trying to say is I hope you enjoyed it and I hope you took something from it. But that's it. We have officially now, because we're at the end of this episode, we have done 10. That is 10 in the vault. But as I said at the very start, this is just the beginning. We're only just getting started. So yeah, we've got so much more to come. In the next few weeks alone, we've got so much stuff to come. I'm talking to old friends that I've known and loved for a long time, new friends who I like very much, and to the internet in the terms of research. Not that I'm just like literally talking to my laptop, although sometimes, admittedly, I do that. In the next couple of weeks, you can expect conversations on all sorts of stuff from video rental stores to cults to serial killers, movie robots, working from home, which admittedly doesn't sound as exciting as the other stuff, but it's in a great conversation, and that's happening next week. And we're going to be talking about obscure World War II missions at some point down the line. Oh, so much stuff. So much stuff. So don't miss out. Subscribe. Do it. Do it now. Unless you have, in which case, thank you. It really is very much appreciated. Other than that, though, uh, yeah, this is it for episode 10. Hopefully you've enjoyed it. If you want to hear more from my mum, if you want to hear more Big Talk questions, let me know. We can maybe make that happen at some point. Other than that... This is episode 10. You've been wonderful. Um, Look after yourselves, look after each other, and until next time, keep it dimed out. (laughs) 